0: Hello, everybody, and and welcome to Just Move In's residential expert discussion, January 2023, uh, the first of the year. How are you, Mark? Did you have a good Christmas, a New Year break?
1: Very good Christmas. Uh, It's a bit cold at the moment, but uh, uh, fine, fine.
0: Yeah, it was um, minus five here um, not long ago, and that was at about um, half past ten in the morning. It was incredibly cold.
1: It is, but you know, the it, it's January. It soon be February, March, April. You know, we only got to keep our heating on for about another three months. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, those those energy bills are going to be biting hard at this time of year, aren't they? Definitely, yeah. So, um, Mark, just um, obviously it's a new year, and everybody has um their predictions and expectations for the for the next 12 months. Um, I wanted to ask what yours are. Um, you know, What do you think we're gonna see this year? Do you think, well, let's start with house prices. That's probably the, the sensible place to start. That's what all the headlines are about. So do you think that we're going to see house prices come down a little bit, a lot, or not really at all?
1: Um, I think we're going to see uh, a slowing of the market. I think prices, uh, may adjust. There's still an imbalance of supply and demand. And we mustn't forget, though, the last two years there's been some pretty healthy house price inflation. So it might might just level. I think when we were having this conversation probably two months ago, we were deep into doom and gloom. Uh, we're now, you know, when they're even questioning now there is no recession. You know, we're not going into recession. All right, so there's the levelling up. Uh, so I think there's going to be a slight um, downturn adjustment. I think if people feel that they're going to lose money, they won't sell. Uh, they're not actually losing money because they never had that money. It was just the house was allegedly worth that amount of money. So I think in terms of um, sales, I don't think we're going to see um, a, a crash unless we have something else. you know we we've had a we've got a war, we've got interest rates that have gone up significantly. The indications are that with interest rates, uh, long-term money seems to be getting a bit cheaper. Um, we're getting some fixed rates now from lenders, um, which are below um, the current interest rates. Are quite healthy, so that's encouraging people to um, buy. Um, so, no, I think that I think on the rental side, um, mm. we've seen rents, st- the rent increases that we saw last year beginning to slow. Uh, I think that's to do with affordability. Um, those energy bills are now going to be dropping into the letterbox um, of those tenants, and they are quite quite significant. Uh, as we all know, these are not small bills. These are large bills. So I think there's going to be a, a tempering uh, of that. We've also seen the fact that tenants are now not looking to move to another rented property. They'd rather stick where they are. Uh, but that keeps... Um, a real firm lid on supply Um, and I suppose we've seen uh, the continual attack on landlords in terms of taxation uh, which is likely to continue. We've seen that the Bank of England is looking at the security involved with buy-to-let properties so are they going to clamp down on that which doesn't help existing or future landlords and we need future landlords to provide accommodation.
0: Yeah, I imagine one of the safest bets of the year is that we're probably going to see fewer landlords, aren't we? There's, there's not really a, a lot in it for landlords at the
1: moment. No, um, I think there's uh, very small tight margins. Uh, there's, as we talked about, there's uncertainty. Uh, and I think if they will probably sit on their hands um and, and with with a higher interest rate you've got to forget you to remember they might actually why put property the money into a property i'll just put it on um two-year fixed and actually get a reasonable return and i've got some security
0: yes definitely i mean how, how much higher do you think that um interest rates might get do you think we'll see the the bank of england put up the base rate much more i mean they reckon it's going to probably go up another percent don't they this year by April May uh,
1: difficult I think they're talking about at least one further rise um, but I think peaking uh, late spring early summer but I don't think they're going to come down particularly quickly Mm. um, and they're not going to come down to the levels that we've experienced over the last few years so So
0: yeah I I was just going to say I I guess a lot depends on, on how the battle against inflation is going
1: Yeah, well, they're talking about inflation dropping, albeit very slightly. uh, uh, And that we know is the Prime Minister's uh, big aim and target is to get inflation down. uh, And the indications or the predictions are that inflation will drop. um, But it's got to drop quite a bit. You know, we're over 10 percent. I think they're talking about 8 percent. But still, that's a lot more than it was a year ago.
0: Yeah, I think they'd like to see it down at five, wouldn't they, by the end of the year, if possible. Yeah. But that, that does seem quite a big ask. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And, and do you think this year we're finally going to see the, the Renters' Reform Bill become legislation?
1: Well, we've, yet, we've had yet another um, answer to a question from an MP to the Housing Minister on the Renters' Reform Bill. Uh, and again, we get this sort of normal verbal, yes, we're still working on it, but we can't give you any indications as to timing. Mm. Uh, and they've said exactly the same thing about ROPA, which is a regulation of property agents. Yeah, we're working on it. We're looking for the industry to assist. But again, no no real firm dates. Mm. We know that the government is proposing, and I know that is a, an argument that's going on in terms of changing 200 pieces of legislation from European legislation uh, back into um, UK, well, England and British legislation. So that's going to affect on the parliamentary diary. Um, We don't know how many people, excuse me, are working on these things. So again, we've got the same, we're getting the same message as we've had for probably nine months.
0: Yeah, I wonder whether because there's going to be a general election next year, whether that might kind of focus minds a little bit because it'll it'll look so bad, surely, if 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 nothing happens with this, you know, before the end of the year and into next year, and and then the electioneering will begin, and then it'll it'll just fall by the wayside. So they they need to get on with it.
1: They certainly do, uh, and uh, you know, it manifests issues uh, around rented property and deposits, lifetime deposits, etc. Uh, which really have been kicked again into the long grass, but you're right they're going to have to do something pretty quickly if we've got an election in twelve to eighteen months
0: yeah and it will it, be interesting as well to see if the government come up with any sweeteners for the for the for the property sector ahead of that election, whether we might see more stamp duty holidays or or, or things like that um <laughs> i don't know what are what are the tea leaves um um in your, in your mug saying.
1: I think in terms of stamp duty holiday, I don't think that's going to happen again um, because it had unintended consequences. Uh, And I have to say, I was putting a huge amount of pressure on government at that point to give us a stamp duty holiday uh, and push very hard. But we were, you know, that was at the start of COVID. Uh, We're now hopefully, uh, we haven't come out of it entirely, but it's not happening that it it was happening. it's very dangerous to dabble with economic forces. Um, I think if we may see something, but I'm not holding out a huge amount of hope.
0: Well, just um, just switching gears slightly. I mean, this is a you know looking forward to the to, to the year ahead again. Um, I'm just wondering whether we're ever going to see anybody challenge the um, the prominence, the supremacy of, of right move. Um, with Dupla firmly in in number two position, because one of the things that we never got to talk about towards the end of last year was the demise of of Boomin with the Bruce brothers. There, um, they had a lo- awful lot of money behind them. Um, they had a very slick, sexy um, advertising campaign that I I actually thought was quite good um, on the television. Um, so they obviously spent a lot of money and had the budgets, and yet here we are, kind of like a you know a year, eighteen months on, and um, they're no longer around.
1: No, um, they've gone. I mean, their offering um, was different, and it was obviously attractive to agents because they had a lot of agents on it, but they had very few agents who were actually paying any any subscriptions to it. And as we know, these startups, particularly at, at that size, you know, hemorrhage hemorrhage cash, so you've got to get it back in. Mm. Many, you know, we've seen challenges to right move uh, over probably the last 10 years uh, with new portals trying to come up. Um, we've probably got three portals at the moment. We've got Rightmove, Zoopla, uh, and on the market. Um, the problem is that the public don't pay for Rightmove, it's free. So to them, it's great, it's super, it is the first stop um, on a property search. Um, you know, people say, I'm going on to Rightmove. They don't say, I'm going to look for a house, I'm just going on to Rightmove. Um, it is expensive, whether or not a uh, we've had this discussion before whether agents will continually pay. Uh, I spoke to an agent um, last week who's opening uh, and he, well, he's not he's opening an office. he's let you know he's starting afresh with a new office. and we were talking about costs and talking about right move. Uh, he said, I have no choice but to go on right because if I don't, my competitors um, will point to house sellers. As a, that is a weakness of my offering. So he's having one office, £1,500 a month, which is quite a substantial amount of money.
0: That's an awful lot. I mean, it's up yeah. there with rent, isn't it, for your, for your office? Or well, maybe not quite. But it's yeah, it's a it's an awful lot of money. I mean, Rightmove has become almost like Google now. It's almost become a verb, isn't it, to Rightmove something? Not not quite on the same scale as to Google something. Um, but but it, isn't it with with Rightmove about seventy percent of the market, and then and Zoopla are, are like on twenty five percent, and oh no, on the market has a share as well, of course. Maybe 10%. they
1: all have they all have shares. Um... But a lot of those shares are shared, um, so um, I think you'll find the Rightmove's market share is somewhat larger than seventy percent. Um, but agents will list on two two websites, so they'll go on to Zoopla and they'll go on to Rightmove. They'll go on to Rightmove, and on the market, on the market of you know offering incentives in in terms of shares, um, it, it appears that they get a higher viewing of. Higher level of viewings, et cetera, particularly on the rental side um, and others, but it, and agents like it, and it was originally an agent-owned site. Um, mm. Still is, you know. Predominant number of shares are owned by agents, but I I struggle to think uh, or find a reason why why Rightmove would uh, would stop because it is, as you said, it is the it is the go-to site. For the consumer, yeah, people.
0: for people, and, and I guess that once, um, you know, people who are entrepreneurs or, or, or people who fancy challenging the status quo, once they've seen a, a company with a lot of backing like Boomin try unsuccessfully, they're going to be more reluctant to to throw their
1: hat in the ring. Yeah, and Boomin was about data; it was not necessarily about and an, and associated sales. Uh, of products uh, policies etc so it wasn't quite the same but you know they had the best run at it that anybody's had yeah. uh, probably will again we've still got agents out there those online agents who are still unprofitable being funded and funded and funded and funded um at some point investors will turn around and say that we're not going to get a return because they're all funding it on the basis that at some point it will crack uh, yeah. uh and they will get market share and impetus. But at the moment, I don't see that.
0: No, no. So I think we can safely say that this year, <laughs> this time next year, Rightmove will still be the number one portal, uh-huh. whether agents like it or not.
1: Probably would agree,
0: yes. Probably would agree, yeah. yeah. Um, so so just moving on, I mean, we, we touched earlier there about prospects for the for the housing market this year. Um, I'm wondering if you've come across this idea um, of deposit-free homes. Which are you know, obviously helping first-time buyers get on the property ladder now that um help to buy has ended. And that this is an initiative, it was in the telegraph. Um I uh, did a write-up about it a while ago. Um, and this is Developer Fairview New Homes, where buyers essentially make monthly contributions towards a deposit, after which they start paying back a mortgage. Um, what do you think of this, of this idea?
1: Well, I think anything that helps buyers get on the property ladder. Um, must be good. Um, this is a bit like um, rent to buy, and in fact, you rent it for a while and then you start paying uh, money. So that's good. How lenders will view it, um, I'm not sure, because in effect, in effect, you'll almost be renting. You, well, you will own the property according to the article, um, but you will only be paying money back um, to the previous owner. Um, which is the developer and at some point you'll have to get a loan but they will have to be assured that there is a mortgage offer in place um, for them to um, offer that facility Uh, and that as we know mortgage offers have a lifetime which isn't very long, it's about six months at most Um, so again there's going to have to be, unless of course Fairview uh, have come to an arrangement with one, two, three or four lenders who will assist them on that but i know that the new homes um market has been severely hit by um the trust budget or whatever we want to call it um and reservations have dropped almost by a third which is not good news it's
0: yeah it's not good news i mean the, the article said um that they've been some res they did some research that said that three quarters of renters as a are struggling to save for a deposit which it, which obviously incredibly worrying um and, and this solution according to fairview new homes um could bring forward home ownership by about six years because that's how long it's taking people to to save for a deposit these days
1: uh, absolutely and, you know we don't want to talk about wages but wages are under pressure anyway because of the cost of living um we did probably marks and research um, two or three years ago and at that point You'd have you'd be, you'd be whilst you saved, you'd be paying rent of about fifty to sixty thousand pounds over a period of time. If you're in London, it was seventy thousand pounds. Uh, that's obviously gone up because rents have gone up. So, but house uh, sorry, wage inflation has not gone up at, at the same level. So it's very difficult to live in a rented property and save because at yeah. the moment you're, you're already paying. Because it's more expensive to rent than to to buy. So you're probably paying in excess of 40% of your take home pay in rent. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have to save on top of that, um, and you're looking at an average house price of, let's say, 250,000, 260,000 outside of London, 10% of that is 26. You've got to save a lot of money quite quickly. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And and where we know lenders are scrupulous on affordability uh, and obviously they're stress testing it even more than they did with the rise in interest rates Uh, i don't think we're going to see mass repossessions i think you know that that has been um not catered for is the wrong word but that's not going to happen this time around so you're not going to see that huge cheap stock um coming onto the market um so yeah we'll have to look at wait and see what other initiatives i mean developers have the ability to do this um the vast majority of stock is private stock that the, the seller doesn't have that opportunity and
0: hmm. well, i think new, new homes tend to have pretty good epcs and and so, so that should make them quite attractive propositions but obviously if, if someone hasn't got the money they, they don't have the money um which kind of brings me on to my, my next subject of course because Some uh, younger people trying to get on the property ladder who have the benefit of the bank of mum and dad um, are obviously in a a much better position. And one of the things that um, mum and dad are using are equity release schemes. Um, And these have obviously um, increased in in popularity dramatically um, over the last few years. And now we have major companies like Aviva offering them and LV. Um, and they've gone pretty mainstream. And I'm just wondering, you know, what sort of impact do you think that might have long term on, on the property sector, equity release?
1: Well, we know there are billions being withdrawn from the equity that um, consumers have in their houses um, on, a, on a quarterly basis. Um, if it can help first time buyers, um, that that's good in the short term. Obviously, it affects um the equity that uh, people have in their own homes. So that equity becomes decreases and decreases over the years. There isn't going to be that big lump sum that they were helping for when their parents sadly uh, pass away, although people are living a lot longer. Um, It means that if you take equity release, you're unlikely to move in the very near future um, is that the whole point is that you can take money out but still live in the house that uh, you've lived in and love. Um, the only reason you have to move is death, or if you move into a home, which is the conditions of equity release. Um, uh, yeah, I think I'm in mean, mixed views on that because if we, if you, if you look at the level of uh, equity release, that accounts for a few tens of thousands of properties annually that are not going to come to the market that you would have expected to come to the market and there's a lot of because yeah a lot
0: of redundant bedrooms uh as well if you get um you know empty nesters living in four or five bedroom properties where two or three bedrooms aren't you know aren't being used at all not even as guest rooms it's uh it's, it, it seems wasteful
1: yeah the last time buyer won't be buying because he won't be selling mm. Mm. Uh, We talked about first time buyers, but the last time buyer, and that's that's one of the things you've got to try and uh, unjam, which is this huge proportion of houses you've just said, which are significantly larger than the requirements of the occupants, but they don't want to go.
0: No, and it, it's kind of like throwing out the traditional cycles of of housing, isn't it? The houses that would be sold on, recycled, for want of a better word, are not coming to market, and everything just kind of clogs up, and we have less homes available to buy, um, less families able to able to you know upscale into into larger properties because there's less available, and it's just kind of affecting the natural balance of things.
1: Well, unless we go down to sort of intergenerational housing which in, in 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 europe whether it's spain italy is something that just happens you you all live live together but you well, just that, mm,
0: that, that i was going to say that model certainly makes uh, childcare child care easier doesn't it yes
1: and it makes uh, child care easier it makes care for the elderly easier because there are you you're not having to put anybody into a uh, a home but I don't I don't think we're going to get there in this country I think people like their own space and their own property mm. um you, uh, so. you you
0: mentioned uh space there and I just wanted to, to to jump in because um another thing that I'd quite like to talk to talk about today is that whether the you know the race for space is now over whether we can say it's over and um, there have been reports um obviously that um Flats in urban centres like London are now a lot more popular than they were and the prices of flats is going up faster than the prices of four or five bedroom houses. Um, Are we now seeing a return to the status quo or what was the status quo before the pandemic or will things never be exactly the same again? What do you think?
1: I think the the um, exodus from urban areas um, has slowed considerably. Uh, I think and know that some people who moved to the country two and a bit years ago are finding it's not quite um, the idyllic location that they thought it was going to be, whether that's for commuting. We know more and more people, they're still going to be working from home. There will be a requirement to come back to the office. Um, and we know that those who fled uh, the capital are now coming back and, and buying predominantly flats um, rather than the houses. So... I think it's it, it's not going to disappear because people's view, you know, and they're used to it now. Um, but that, yeah, the mass, as I said, exodus has it, it slowed dramatically.
0: Yeah. Um, and technologies that make home working easier are, are, are just going to improve, aren't they? You know, it's not going to regress. Um, it's difficult because a lot of bosses like to see their workforces in the office, but then a lot of people have their eyes opened by the pandemic. And that, um, a lot of reports, for example, say that remote working can actually increase productivity, um, because people can wor- wor- work instead of commuting, um, and-, and work more flexibly. Um, so yeah, unlikely that things will go back.
1: No, I don't think anywhere. they'll go, um, but that movement that we saw will just slow and you know we mustn't forget that people were moving out of high-priced areas uh into relatively cheap areas uh unfortunately those relatively cheap areas because of that exodus have now increased in value significantly between west country east of england uh, even in the in the north uh you know to supply and demand you know if there's demand there the prices will go up and the supply because they're not urban areas they're rural areas
0: well i guess one advantage of um smaller properties is that council tax should be a little bit lower and i'd like to to round off today's discussion just by talking about council tax um we talked about politics a little bit earlier on today and that and that you know there's going to be a general election next year so maybe we might finally see some reform of council tax or even the replacement of council tax and i'm just wondering whether where you see this one going
1: um it's very different. council tax as we know goes up on a yearly basis uh, we know local, local authorities have got um the headway now to increase them uh, relatively significantly we also know that the values uh, of properties that were put into certain bands is hugely historic it, it, you know it took place in the early 90s so it's yeah. it, nearly 30 years Old, but we know that the, the the number of bands are limited. So, whether you're living in a half a million pound house or a five million pound house, <clears throat> you are paying the same council tax. Um, it would be a hugely popular um, decision to take it away from property um, because it and put it somewhere else. But they're not because of the because of what council tra- tax funds. Um, it has to be paid for. So it's either going to be a, an increase in personal taxation, which the current government has said they won't be doing, <coughs> or they've got to find an alternative way of raising that funds. But we all know we're going to get bigger bills come April. We've got two months of no bills um, in February and March. Uh, but it's it's a big ask. I mean, it could be, um, you know, if Michael Gove is still... In the levelling up position that he is at the moment, that might be something he he could look at. Um, but as we haven't even grasped, you know, the renters reform bill and other things like that, um, I'm skeptical.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how long Michael Gove lasts. It'd be nice if we could have um, the same person in situ looking after housing for for over a year. After all the um, all the problems that we've had and the, the huge turnover of different ministers. Um, but I was reading um, earlier today that um, it, it's quite likely that Michael Gove might have a falling out with Richie Sunak about um, housing targets for building new homes at some point this year. So I guess we should watch that space.
1: Well, we've al- we've already had um, you know a rebellion by MPs on targets and, and on planning, and you know the target was three hundred. Now it's well, you should aim towards that, but there's no specific targets. Uh, in mind, and we've talked in um, previous discussions about the need to increase uh, house building, but we've also said the limitation of it is it's predominantly in private hands, um, which are profit-driven rather than supply-driven. Without a care, well, without providing accommodation uh, to people who deserve it at an affordable price.
0: Well, I think what we should do then is, in in 12 months' time, we should look back at these predictions. And see how see how right we were <laughs> we'll, uh, we're probably not too far
1: out but but, uh, I think I don't think we'll be far out this year. I think if you look back at what we said uh, at the beginning of last year, we're well we're well out you know? yeah we,
0: we just want less turmoil in the world generally. we could do without any more pandemics we could do without any more wars um, hopefully we've got some political stability now, so fingers crossed fingers crossed fingers we'll
1: crossed. hope. Keep our fingers crossed, James.
0: <laughs> well, thanks very much for your for your time, Mark. We'll uh, reconvene in a month's time um, and we might have more sort of political news to talk about because obviously this month there hasn't been much new going on in Westminster. Um, so we might have some more current affairs to talk about uh, next month. But anyway, yeah, thanks for your time. And um, thank you, everyone, for, for watching as well. And uh, we'll see you again in four weeks or so. Thank you. Bye.